Welcome to the Make You Famous podcast, where host Jeffrey Goldsmith talks with guests about fame and how to achieve it. I'm your host, Jeffrey Goldsmith, and check out the book at makeyoufamous.co. Rob Breaker is the creator of Emily the Strange, which has been creating for the past 25 years. And recently, the Emily the Strange omnibus from Dark Horse made the New York Times bestseller list for graphic novels. Welcome, Rob. Hey, Jeff. Hey, so, you know, we've, you know, we've been friends for a while, and I, I know that you've been talking to Hollywood for quite some time. How is that going recently? What's going on with that? Well, uh, we have a new partner, um, Amazon Studios. Uh, mm-hmm. I really like these guys. They um, are a studio that really wants to make quality programming and movies and entertainment. Um, they're very artist and creator and writer and director driven. Um, they're, they don't put a lot of emphasis on much other than being authentic to the um, awesome people they're working with. And I think that's mm-hmm. one of the things that's uh, driving their success. And anyway, it's, yeah. it's music to my ears that they want to actually make a movie about my character and not use my character to make a movie for some nefarious reason. <laughs> yeah, that would be because your character has struck a nerve with people. Why? Why do you think Emily has had such sustaining power? What What do you think people love about Emily? Um, a number of things, but I, you know, I think I think maybe in the beginning it was perhaps different than it is even now. But over over time, uh, I certainly know that one of the things people appreciate about her is that she's a character that kind of represents certain things that often we're all a bit shy to uh, put out there. Um, or, or like st- She stands up for herself. She's very, very comfortable in her unique way of being. And um, I think that her merchandise in the early days, the beginning, like the t-shirts and the slogans and stuff on her, um, uh, you know, different things we made, um, really represented like an attitude that the person who wore the shirt or had the notebook or backpack or something, it, it had, it kind of portrayed the attitude that that person wanted or helped them give help people get get that voice themselves. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so Emily, sort of, she, ha- she has an attitude that people want to have, and so they they gravitate towards her because they identify with that, what she's expressing. They kind yeah. Of it's, so, yeah, so I'd say, yeah. like, that's, like, it, I don't know, it's a, it's a multifaceted or part thing, but I would say that's, that's one, of, one of the things. Then it's also just... Um, what you kind of start to understand the mystery behind the girl, you more, you also just identify with, or, you know, I think that everybody has a little bit of that um, part of them that has at one point in their life, at least felt isolated or alone or that no one truly understands them. And with Emily, that's okay. And so I, I think there's something about, relating to um, a character that 
I guess, like almost um, heralds or maybe that's not the right word, uh, uh, enjoys that part of her. Whereas mm-hmm. uh, a lot of us, that's the most difficult part of our lives or something to come to come to terms with. And so um, Emily kind of represents it being okay that you're an outsider. Fantastic. Okay. Yeah, I get it because a lot of people feel that way. I, I, I get yeah. that. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think that's mm-hmm. the third part, to continue on that thought, uh, I think, I think, uh, you know, just the darkness of the character, you know, the, and the fact that she has cats is also a big, a big part of it. Uh, I'd say that a lot of people in the early, early days and now, might be drawn to her because they like cats and and I use a lot of cats in the artwork and um, imagery and so they might like identify with the coolness of the cats or like uh, that kind of thing and then kind of get to know Emily afterwards you know so I think that the cats are sometimes the gateway drug to Emily the cats are the gateway drug to Emily all right so what about, speaking of cats, um, there was Sylvester the cat, and then there was Tweety Bird. Just to, you know, people who are listening might not be familiar with Emily yet. So, you know, there's the Tweety Bird dynamic from years and decades and decades ago. Why do people like Tweety Bird? I mean, what, what's your, and you can pick another historical animated character if you wish, but, you know, why do you think people like Tweety Bird or, or Natasha and Boris or, Whomever. Um, we know, you know. We know it's not real. Why do we like watching it? Yeah. I mean, if I remember Tweety Bird correctly, Tweety Bird's kind of like the sass to the cat, and can and that you can never quite get to. <laughs> that big right. bastard can never quite get to. And so Tweety Bird's just like, yep, 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 ha ha, laugh at you, you fall on your face again. Um, I mean, Tweety Bird is kind of like an early Bart Simpson in a way, yellow and everything. Um, it, it, it's also like a Wiley e. Coyote and a, and a Roadrunner, right? Yeah, yeah, and 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 those, those characters too. It's kind of it's fun to watch someone sass someone out and know they're going to get away with it, and 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 more like you just want to know how they're going to do it, and it's fun to see the process, and it's fun to see. You know, I think that that was probably one of my earliest, like, like especially with Roadrunner, um, the, my earliest experience of this, of, of what I think has become known as the satisfaction of other people's misfortunes. <laughs> right. And it's kind of a horrible thing when you think about it, but it's like laughing at someone when they bite the dust on their, um, <laughs> you know, bike or something, or, you know, like, like watching, like enjoying the, the bail reels on a skateboard video or something. It's there's so or, or the jackass movie, you know, the jackass movie yeah, yeah. where people like exactly. crash the bikes in the hedges and <laughs> there's, yeah. there's there's some I don't know probably that was one of my earliest versions of of that and there's something fun about that. I mean and how it re- how that might relate to Emily is is that you know you know Emily Emily's a little bit probably a bit more of a moral prankster than then like if she messing with you, you probably deserve it. At least that's how it goes in my mind. It's not just a complete Bart Simpson, like, 
innocent bystanders. Like if if you're under Emily's wrath, then you probably deserve it. Um, <laughs> nice. But it's but it's a similar type of of thing. I think that you know Emily's going to get away with whatever she's doing. Um, I don't know. I, I I would guess that it's something like that. It's, it's like the jackass mentality for a kid is why they're like Sweetie Bird. Mm-hmm. I never, no, I, don't I like guess. Tweety Bird. And I, I, didn't, I didn't really like Tweety Bird's proportions myself. Like, I, the head could stand to be a little smaller, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that was a, that's quite a fat-headed bird. I don't think it's aerodynamic. Or, or <laughs> flight feasibility is probably out of the question. Yeah. Um, another thing we, we talked about for the book, um, is, the fact that you've created a character that's different from yourself, I mean, it's an odd phenomenon to create a character that becomes famous. And and then you yourself are just a person, you know, you know, shepherding this character along in the world. Yeah. Have you any, had any more thoughts about that? I mean, it's just an interesting phenomenon. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, it, it is. It, it, I would say that it's in general. I it's nice to be able to turn off the you know the the fame or whatever. I mean, if you're a famous actor and your actual person looks exactly like the thing that's famous, um, right? The paparazzi is all over you, you know. And right, right. Not not even to say that Emily's famous enough at all for the paparazzi, but. It's that kind of anonymity that um, I think a lot of artists probably enjoy and writers in the sense that they get to watch their creation strike a nerve with people and like their physical lives in terms of recognition, like visual recognition at least, is hmm. um, can kind of go on as always. And... Exactly. Plenty of opportunity to to step in the spotlight when there's events, you know, around Emily where I'm signing or something. So there's you you get it if if it's set up and you want it, or you can just like step back from it as much as much as you want as well. So I mean, certainly there's years where you can go take a break or go to grocery shopping and nobody recognizes you. Thank goodness. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And you know, and and it's and it's nice and like even. Some people will say, oh, there's, I see you got Emily socks on or something. I'll go, yeah, I really like Emily. And, you know, they, and they go, I love Emily, too. And we can just be friends that like Emily, and I don't even have to know who I am. I, I, that's kind of fun. Someone always spills the, or usually spills the beans, and then it's kind of silly. But um, it, it's, it's fun to be able to, like, be that person for people, you know, because people like to meet people that, that uh they relate to on a more famous level or whatever that's fun yeah. for people's lives. And so I like to be that person if someone wants that or needs it too. But it's also totally cool to be a, the bystander and, and kind of see how people react to things and, and not know it's you, you know? Exactly. So do you, one thing I'm asking people who I'm talking to for these podcasts is like, is whether you have advice for people starting out. I mean, a lot of, a lot of kids draw, you know, they're teenagers, they're in their early 20s, and they're drawing or, or they're creating some kind of character or they're writing or acting, making YouTube videos, making a persona for themselves. 
all of those things are valid ways of making characters now. So do you have any advice for, for people starting out doing this kind of stuff? Before before we got on the phone, before I said recording, we were talking about how hard it is. You know, being successful takes a lot of work. So, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I mean, I guess. I mean, there's there's a, a part of it that you know, work hard, stick to your guns, all the stuff anybody will tell you. But it it almost seems like maybe that's not the answer. You know, I, I feel like stuff really started to open up for me when I learned to partner up with people. I partnered, like I, mm-hmm. I got an actual business partner who took care of a, a lot of stuff. Yeah. Find, finding a collaborator, uh, a partner, someone who can do some of the stuff that you're not as good at or, or, or maybe even just something that they enjoy doing that, uh, takes other bits off of your plate so you can focus on the stuff you're best at and stuff you enjoy doing. I think that finding that kind of collaborator or even, even if you both like doing it all, like that person that you can riff off of, like it's that one plus one equals three or whatever kind of mentality really, really helps. So it's like, you know, early on I had a business partner who just kind of helped me my stuff in line a little better to sell it just as it was. Then I started collaborating. So I typically ask this question of everybody on these podcasts. You know, we we were talking before about, you know, how hard we're working. And, you know, I wondered whether you have any advice for people starting out and and, uh, creating characters, whatever they're doing, you know, whether they're creating a persona for videos or they're drawing or they're what have you. Do you have any advice for them? How do you yeah. go about being um, successful? Yeah, I would say that you know th- there is there is the stuff about hard work and uh, stick to your guns and keep doing it and all that, which is kind of obvious, and you know people will tell you that, but it's but perhaps it's maybe even. Um, Maybe it's not as obvious to to do the opposite of that, to, like, try and find uh, – I really believe in collaboration. I think that when all – all well, not all, you know, ultimatums or whatever. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Quite, never true. quite, quite often <laughs> there's uh, – great things are done, you know, by teams. You know, by you know, collab- through collaboration, the one plus one equals three, or one plus one equals ten, or whatever. Uh, you can get a lot, a lot done in in partnership that is much more difficult on your own. Like having a sounding board constantly, having someone who perhaps uh, fills in some of the qualities that you're not as good at but they enjoy and they're they're good at like finding the type of person to collaborate with that um accentuates and and you know helps push the things that that you need to be pushed on and you know i think part partners also tend to pressure each other a little bit to to stay on the ball and keep keep with it and and you know pull you know toe their line and all that really 
really started happening when I got my, you know, when I got involved and asked my friend Matt Reed to become my partner way, way, way back when. Like, you know, he, mm-hmm. he, he thought the stuff I was creating was sellable and he really, you know, put in equal time, if not more, in getting the stuff sold. And I was able then to just completely focus on the art part of things. And, um, and, and in doing that, I brought on more collaborators, more artists I worked with, more writers I worked with, you know, especially when it came to Emily, it was like it took, you know, several of us really working fairly full time on it in the beginning to try and really get, get the voice and look of what we were trying to do, um, going. And so I would just say like, you know, come up, come up with some good ideas and concepts and know what it is you want to do. And then like search, search your community. I would start with some of your friends and, and your, you know, like your people that you already trust. Um, but then beyond that, when you meet people, don't be afraid to, don't be afraid to ask for help. Don't be afraid to uh, partner up, you know, um, not all mm-hmm. partnerships work and not all partnerships are great, but I, I would say that that has been a, a huge key to the success of Emily Strange and Cosmic Debris. Um, like when I, when I'm alone in the studio creating new things by myself, it can be really nerve wracking. Like I don't know when a painting is done, like an abstract painting, especially, or I'm playing music by myself. It's like, this is great. I enjoy it, but I don't know if it's going to resonate with anybody. I don't have anybody, any soundboard for it. And, um, when you're working in a team, you got an immediate, like critique, you know, critique standing right next to you. <laughs> it's interesting that we've gotten to, you know, that, that this part of the conversation is about collaboration when Emily sometimes feels very alone. So it's, it's very, it's an interesting counterpoint to, to her state. Um, yeah, it's true. It's true. And that's actually yeah. kind of it continues to be a story arc when we look at her character and, and as, especially as we're, developing story for a movie and um often in the novels it's kind of one of her the easy go-to things is like like where can emily grow she's like kind of a super genius that can do anything she wants and you know has all these she's really gifted in the arts and science and um seems to get away with just about any idea she has but where's her vulnerability where where does she have to grow and it's not like um Sometimes all that stuff's fun on your own and you can, you know, when you do something that's really rad and no one's there to see it and you're never going to share it with anybody, it's like you can only pat yourself on the back so many times, you know. <laughs> so right. that, I would say that that's a, that's a vulnerable part of her that, that we're actually enjoying exploring as we get deeper and deeper into her story. Um, yeah. The cats, cats can't be there for everything. Yeah, can't, yeah, I, I, a human can't live with cats alone, I think, is how they saying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you very much, Rob. It's, it's been great. Thanks for listening, and be sure to check out the book at makeyoufamous.co. 